Um, thank you all so much for sharing with us. I think you know, it's I think it's super um, like helpful and illuminating to hear a little bit about these personal um, journeys because I think you know, as is reflected in these comments, you know, as you said, Linda, like for many people, like our our pathways aren't so linear, and a lot of this is about sort of creating and like identifying personal experiences and questions and then seeking to learn more and as many of you already shared it's like kind of finding the, the different entry points um, as you go along because there isn't so much I mean even I mean in the past for sure even today as we've been talking about there isn't really like a clear a clear um, universal entry point into something like a field of Asian American studies and so really appreciate hearing the different contexts you all were in as you were sort of moving into these these worlds and fields and sets of questions and communities. Um, so this next question is really about, you know, learning more about your work at CUNY and about the ways that you've built or fostered different forms of Asian American studies here at this university and some of your reflections on, um, on that work and, you know, what's possible, what are some of the challenges you're seeing. And I think I just want to name also that, like, one of the underlying themes of this panel and this question in particular is about our relationships to institutionalization and to institutions. Um, I think as we've already, you know, been hearing already today, there's so much momentum in so on some campuses right now through um, building of academic programs, and then we have these new programs that are um, student-facing, serving AAPI students, such as the two Anapizi projects, or I guess three Anapizi projects at CUNY, um, and then campus-based organizing, such as the Asian American Staff and Faculty Associations. And so we've been hearing about different work that's happening, and I think that one of the questions, um, but, you know, this work is happening without sufficient institutional support or investment and, um, you know, we also know that we're in a context right now where um, the university, there is a visibility around black race and ethnic studies through the Mellon-funded BREZI initiative or BREZ initiative here at CUNY. Um, the last New York State budget suggests perhaps like a reinvestment in some forms of CUNY, but then we're also facing low enrollments, possible cuts to academic programs, um, funding cuts at the city level, and all of those things really disproportionately affect the community colleges. So there's a lot, I just want to name those things as like in the background of this conversation as we are thinking about our relationship to institutionalization. At some level, these are like abstract um, theoretical political questions and also we're in like a very particular reality in this moment. Um, and so, you know, to the panelists, like if you could share with us again, like just a little, you know, something about some of the work that you've done specifically here in the past and then what you're thinking about right now about um, like what feels possible or what feels like a particular challenge at this time. Mm. So I'm at the Graduate Center, which, as some of you know, is uh, only doctoral and MA. Um, we only offer doctoral and MA education. So it's a totally weird place. Um, I came from the University of Maryland College Park. I got to the Grad Center in 2010. Um, and it took several years. Maybe I'm still there trying to figure out um, what it means to work in a doctoral-only program. Um, so I only have doctoral students in, my, in the PhD program in English, which is my, my major home. Um, there are no interdisciplinary degree programs at the Grad Center. So you can get um, graduate certificates in, so American studies, film studies, medieval studies, um, global early modern studies, but there is actually no PhD program, which means that there's no um, track for faculty to come in whose primary work is interdisciplinary. You have to go into a disciplinary home um, or in one of the MA programs um, in order to become a member of the faculty of the Grad Center. 
So I am, I believe this is still true, um, I am one of two faculty members whose only appointment is at the Grad Center, so not a consortial colleague, but um, only at the Grad Center, um, whose primary work has engaged Asian American studies. Um, I think we are a faculty of about 120 now um, of central line faculty. There are 1,600 um, all told, so the majority of my colleagues are not central line. what that means is that it's very difficult to build interest among other colleagues or to build interest among students or potential students around a field where we are not regularly offering classes in it because there are not people doing that. So it's you know kind of wrapped, it's, it's a hermetically sealed problem, as it were. Um, it, it, um, and in, this, in the ways that we're all facing across CUNY, it's not like there's going to be a lot of hiring um, uh, to look forward to. There's not a lot of um, uh, investment in, in building infrastructure in that way and, and kind of um, creating faculty resources in that way, certainly at the Grad Center. Um, I've been involved recently in one of the BREZ grants. Um, we've just uh, created a PhD program in um, black race and ethnic studies. It's now moving forward into the various levels of bureaucracy that it needs to move through. It needs a massive amount of money um, to be invested in it for it to be launched. So there's a gigantic question mark, I think, as to whether it goes further than that. It was not a useless exercise in putting it together, though, really to imagine what does doctoral education um, that might involve Asian American studies look like um, within the context of someplace like CUNY. Um, earlier attempts for me were to try to create you know, networks across um, programs across, across CUNY campuses. Um, I coordinated the American Studies Certificate Program at some point, so offered some courses that way. They often didn't fill, so we didn't end up running them. Um, I chaired the English department, you know, tried to kind of, you know, every class. So if my comments at this stage had a, had a title, it would be, you know, how to Trojan horse something, right? So you, whatever you are teaching, you can teach that content in a way that is an Asian Americanist approach to things, right? So in what way does the question of Asian racialization affect X, right? And that X can be everything in English from, you know, thinking about the medieval era to thinking about um, queer of color critique, right? It's, it's um, a question that is relevant everywhere, so there's nowhere that it should not be present. Um, and that's largely the kind of work that I've been able to do to try to create and hold open space for grad students to be able to do that work um, and to produce affiliations with people in the consortium, so not the CUNY, um, not within CUNY, but outside of CUNY, with NYU, with Columbia, with Rutgers, so that the grad students who wanted to pursue this kind of work had other people that they could draw on, um, and you know, vice versa, I would work with students in those places as well. Um, and then the final thing was really to um, find the people in the building who weren't necessarily Asian Americanists, but who understood the kind of work that we were trying to do, who were part of a bigger project of um, addressing racism or addressing racial capitalism or um, thinking about aesthetics, politics, representation, you know, all of those kinds of questions that have come up today. Um, and uh, creating those kinds of relationalities so that it was possible to con- to continue conversations even if our archives of knowledge um, changed. Um, so that's it. I, that's where I'll start. So at Queen's College, um, so I have been at Queen's College for 30, 35 years or so, so the context is Queen's College that I'm going to be talking about. And um, after like being there and teaching adjunct courses in different departments, um, I also worked at Asian American Center, continued to work there, and then uh, 
20 years ago, I became the director of um, Asian American Center um, at Queens College. And one of the first things I really wanted to do is to um, start an Asian American Studies program. The reason I'm saying I'm giving you this background, so this Asian American Center had been at Queens College since the 80s, but it was a center, it was a research center, and we had great projects, but it did not have a program, uh, a curricular program. And uh, this was like, I sometimes say, the mirror image of Hunter, because Hunter had uh, a program, but did not have a center, um, right? So um, I really felt that one of the ways that we can continue uh, the work that we were doing at Asian American Center is to basically make sure the students take these classes. Because otherwise, you know, how do you, how do you bring in the students into this, right? Um, so I was responding to the needs of, uh, the academic needs of the students and also the populations that we have, the communities that we have at Queen's College, where uh, you have a, uh, Asian Americans are the largest minority of students at Queen's College, and yet, um, and also very diverse, needless to say um, that, uh, but also uh, there are a lot of, I think most of them are immigrant students, first generation immigrant students, or children of immigrants who are not familiar with most of this content, most of the subject matter, as a field, what is Asian American studies. Right, so they are uh, more in these kind of disciplines where you know uh, they're more like you know to get a job. Basically, you graduate and you get a job. And Asian American studies does not, um, you know, uh, is very high on there. They don't even know what is Asian American studies. So I want to I want to bring this up because I think we all are facing this kind of challenge. Is that what does Asian American studies programs mean um, to CUNY students? I think it's very, very important to kind of, you know, uh, relate to that and what their needs are, both academic but other needs as well, right? So, um, so I did want to start this uh, minor, and I got uh, the NAPC grant. I, I think we were the first campus um, in New York City to get that grant. Um, and the purpose of that, the goal of that grant was to basically start this minor. Um, so for three years, uh, we had a lot of programs um, um, we worked with the community organizations, we worked with the faculty, and student groups. So these three groups are very important in kind of planning this minor. So we, were, we had um, this very active period when we had the grant. Okay, But once the grant was over, um, the resources became a huge issue. Um, so uh, I'm just also kind of like saying that, you know, if, if uh, some of the campuses are going through this kind of a challenge, um, it's good to talk about it and see, you know, what we can learn from some of the challenges of other campuses because uh, then the college would not, the university would not put in the resources once the grant was over. Um, so sustainability became a huge issue. But also, um, I want to say the students, whoever students um, they, they participated, they really benefited so much from these courses and uh, these projects that they wanted to continue. But they would not be um, ready to make it a minor. And we did not have that many faculty, to be honest, no, to be teaching these courses. Um, so the achievement was that um, we have an Asian American Studies minor on the books at Queen's College. We were able to do that, go through the whole process and you know, do that and, and start programs. But the student enrollment um, was a big challenge. Um, 
And uh, so for the last few years, basically, that's, and then, you know, COVID and all these things came and all that kind of a thing. So basically, we are, uh, I would say, in the last few years, we have been at a standstill in terms of the minor. Um, and there are students who come to me, um, even now, they come to me and say, can we have more courses? So the interest is there, right? Uh, but I think in terms of enrollment, building enrollments, and, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, the college basically is seeing the enrollments. They are not really talking about how much the students need these courses, you know. Um, so um, we have everything. We have the population of students. We have, but, you know, I think we have to also understand the dynamics um, of what's happening with the student population and the campus and then kind of. So I, I am hopeful. Um, that, you know, um, we will have more faculty and, uh, you know, we can kind of rebuild the program. And some of the people here are actually Queen's College faculty that I hope will continue that. <laughs> um, I, I'm calling it a uh, challenge and a struggle, but in a good way. And I'm optimistic. Yeah, challenges and struggles can be okay. Um, so I, I'll just talk about two things. So one... Um, both things done always like it seems like in a collective sense. So one is um, something that is called Building Asian American Studies across CUNY. So this uh, was something that I actually started working on before I even joined the faculty at BMCC, and it was Sonia, Caroline, Caroline over there, um, and then Jennifer Hayashida that was mentioned a lot in the last uh, presentation. This was an NEH-funded grant, and our idea um, kind of, I think, Candace, what you said, right? It's like Asian American studies can be anywhere. So it's like how, well, so this was a year long project um, for community college faculty at CUNY to incorporate Asian American studies in whatever classes they taught, right? Um, and we, part of that was kind of looking at the specificity of New York City, like how to, as a, as a system that serves New York City, for the community colleges, usually working class and poor kids, well, young adults, um, right? Like, how do you, how do we develop a locally rooted Asian American studies or Asian diaspora studies that kind of moves beyond like the kind of immigrant, you know, exceptionalism American dream framework? So one of the ways that we want, one of the ways that we try to do it is um, having this workshop, right, faculty development workshop that's locally rooted in New York City but then still pays attention to the global dynamics that bring all the populations to New York City. So that would include, right, kind of global capitalism, um, wars, right? I think sometimes we forget that there's still there are like unending wars happening in parts of Asia that don't get talked about and and we see right populations coming from that displacement. And then other just frameworks of, I don't know, uneven trade developments, like all of these things that are driving migration into New York as a particular site. I could talk more about that later. Oh, yeah, so we're doing our second iteration of that, um, thanks to Res, right? That's Yeah, that's a Resi-funded grant and to Ari. So we're doing a second round, um, and it's been really... It's been really great. There's some participants here from both. Um, I think if you were here in the morning, Aliyah was someone who we met her through that. And I think one of the things that I'm learning through that process so is just that people, Anita is like kind of in both, um, has been in both, but just that 
like there's so much knowledge that faculty have or like around approaches and topics and all of that kind of broadens our understanding of Asian American studies at CUNY um, in a really rich way. The second thing I'll just talk about is that I am really, you know, to be corny, I'm really proud to be a faculty member in a department of ethnic studies. And I think we're the only department of ethnic studies at CUNY and we're in a community college. And I think community colleges are often marginalized, but you know, I'll, bra- I'll just leave that out there. Um, and so in, um, in my department, like we're a multi-subfield. We have also kind of ethnic studies um, courses also that are comparative or relational. Um, Sonia is one of the other Asian Americanists. My colleagues, Michael Liu and Alex Ho, who are here, uh, two other ones. So I think, you know, building um, Asian American studies within an ethnic studies department that has like black studies, um, you know, Latin American and Latin studies, urban studies. It makes me, I mean, we have to kind of reformulate, or we don't reformulate, but, you know, we think of classes that would fit within all these other offerings. Um, so I think I'll just stop there because, so those are just the two ways. So faculty development and then kind of really thinking through what um, Asian American studies within ethnic studies at BMCC would look like. Um, uh, so I've been at Brooklyn College for 10 years, and uh, I've been on the ARI board for nine. <laughs> so I kind of immediately joined the ARI board. I wasn't doing any active um, advocating for Asian American studies because there was this thing called tenure, right? And I was trying to make that. Um, but as I started noticing, you know, in my process of being at Brooklyn College, I was active um, on the airy board, and then with Peter and Vivian, when did and we? When was Manny assembled? Manny was assembled. Uh, I was visiting twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, yeah. So in, in twenty fourteen, I, I joined Manny with um, Vivian, Peter, and uh, uh, Peter Kwan, a, a bunch of other folks. I'm sorry. Oh, mapping Asian Americans in, in New York, but um, I don't. We haven't met much lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you can address that, and and so. Um, that those were the ways in which I tried to get involved, right, with Asian America in New York. And I was transplanted from the West Coast, right? I had been in, I grew up in Oregon, I lived in California for 10 years, and I was just kind of trying to understand the landscape of New York City and what does it mean to be Asian American here. And um, I was trying to figure all that out first. And, um, but I, what I started noticing in my classes, I teach sociology classes, primarily methods, introduction to sociology, race and ethnicity, and theory. I teach classical theory as well. What I started noticing, especially in my intro classes, was the numbers of Asian American students were increasing, right, in my classes. They weren't necessarily social majors. I tried, but they, you know, were doing other things. Um, but, but they would be in my classes. And what I started noticing was students from, like, you know, the hard sciences or from the School of Ed were asking me for letters of rec for internships, for graduate school. And I would say to them, you need to go talk to people in your, your department, right? And they would say, I don't have anyone to talk to. That, that is a problem, right? And these are the Asian American students on um, our campus. And so I started thinking more about 
Asian studies. We had this defunct, I mean, you heard me talk a little bit in that documentary. And um, how can we revitalize that? What can we do, right? What kind of curriculum can we offer the students? Because with curriculum, then maybe we'd have resources and then we'd have a space and identity and all these things, right, that kind of hopefully will fall into place. Um, in 2018, I um, pulled together a group of faculty, Asian American, uh, what we call ourselves the Asian American Studies Faculty Working Group, and it's faculty representing um, all disciplines, and they're not all Asian Americans, right? They're folks who are interested in Asian American Studies as an intellectual exercise, and that, um, and you heard some of those folks speak um, in the documentary as well. And um, so we started a meeting. We asked. Um, many times for resources because I think we, we face similar issues right when there are stretched resources and um, we were told we need the numbers, we need the numbers, we need the numbers right so finally we have the numbers and I think I, I just checked CUNY data and um, currently Brooklyn College 25% of our students are API right or they identified that I mean that that's a quarter of the student body right we, we have the numbers we've had the numbers for, for a while now um, but uh, but the resources weren't weren't coming, right? So because there was there was student need, there was demand. We started creating classes. Cherry created um, the literature class, and then we developed a, a history class, which Alex has taught. Um, there, um, I developed a, an activism class, which Alex taught as well, and um, also a uh, and um, Aaliyah this morning, right? Her Asian, the Caribbean class, which she has, I've successfully been able to cross list in American studies. So there's these other ways in which, although we don't have a, a minor, we don't have a program, we don't have the set curriculum, we're trying to inject them as much as possible, these courses as much as possible. And in my capacity as the director of American Studies, that's one of the things I've been trying to do. But the issue is, I can creating classes is not that I thought it was really, really challenging. I was like, oh all this coursework, all you know, all you have the curriculum. It's actually not that hard to do. I mean it takes time. What's challenging is having folks teach those classes consistently, right? And we don't have Asian American, I, I said this in the documentary as well, um, but since then we've hired two, two individuals, Aliyah's one, and then there's um, another person who's just hired by English um, this semester. So things are looking a little better, but how do you staff those classes, right? How do you ensure that those classes are taught every semester? Right next semester, I'm only offering one Asian American Studies class in American Studies, not because I don't want to offer more, because I don't have the funding to offer more, right? And so um, I would, I, I'm working on the documents to establish an Asian American Studies minor, right? I'm, there's similar issues, right? How do I justify these classes? How do I ensure that these classes can be staffed? Um, I think one of the things I've been really, you know, heartened by and what I find success in is um, in 2021, um, Bennett spoke to this in the documentary, we kind of reinvigorated the Asian American Faculty Staff Association, this third iteration, right? So I spent a lot of my sabbatical doing that. Um, but we did it. And we were able to bring faculty and staff together for, and, and, and listen to folks, right, in the issues that our faculty and staff were having on campus and also what their students are telling them and what they're, they're witnessing with their students. Um, so that's one of the efforts I, I've been very proud of. I'm also heartened that there are 
colleagues across disciplines, right, that are very supportive of Asian American studies, but same issue, there's no expertise, right? So I may have colleagues who are supportive in art, for example, but we don't, I, no, they'll offer to, to collaborate and create a class together, but who's going to teach it, right? Or I'll have colleagues who are interested you know, in, in other entities in the School of Ed, but who's going to teach it? I think that's, that's, what the, that's the obstacle, and that's the biggest obstacle um, for us, and I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay. Um, I also wanted to say uh, my apologies that I was not here uh, for the earlier proceedings. I was actually at Hunter and faculty meetings that I had to attend. <laughs> so um, I'm sure, I know I missed a lot. Um, so I guess what I wanted, I've been at Hunter now in the role as Director of Asian American Studies for, this is my fifth year. And um, I, I wanted to first acknowledge all the amazing work that has been done um, at Hunter long before I ever arrived. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start, you have to start somewhere, right? So I'll start with 1993, uh, which is when the program was actually launched and institutionalized at Hunter, um, thanks to the amazing efforts of Dr. Shirley Hewn, right, who, who, who left just as it was coming into to being. And um, and the late Peter Kwong was the uh, the director, and uh, there have been amazing directors who followed in his wake: uh, Robert Koo, Jennifer Hayashida. There have been amazing acting directors, Rob uh, Cohen, uh, when he was at Hunter, as well as uh, Jung Oh, who still is at Hunter uh, in sociology. There have been illustrious adjunct faculty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marilika, uh, Linda, just as two, Chris, uh, Biba, uh, Marsha, uh, uh, Lynn, I'm, I'm not seeing everybody and I'm, can't, I don't have very good eyes. So, uh, so forgive me if I'm missing anyone. Um, uh, past and present, I mean, right? Uh, and there have been just amazing full-time faculty affiliates, past and present. Um, and then, and then there was this kind of, long road to the institutionalization of Asian American studies in 1993. Um, so for example, Rocky Chun um, taught, was an adjunct uh, faculty member uh, at Hunter, teaching, uh, I think it was the Asian American experience, right? Um, when, I know, <laughs> when there was only one course that had Asian American studies content uh, at Hunter, uh, this was during that the 70s, the 80s, um, into the early 90s. And I knew this because um, Dr. Lin An and I worked uh, on a wonderful project uh, with oral history educators Rochelle Kwan and Luigi Villanueva um, with a great team of um, 13 undergraduate students, most of uh, whom have since graduated. Um, and this was supported by HCAP, so I, I think... Um, uh, John Chun, Paul McFerrin, and Caitlin Ho, and all the wonderful HCAP folks. Uh, I could go on forever, but I won't, um, who have supported that work, um, which was really to, to train the, then, uh, the team of then undergraduate students to do oral history interviews um, with 22 Asian American leaders. Um, we kept at it, they kept at it even when we had this idea before the pandemic and kept at it, you know, 
well, when the pandemic came. And so um, Rocky is a part of it. Thank you for that. And it was really about that long road to the 1993 inst institutionalization of Asian American studies at Hunter. With uh, There were interviews with alum, faculty past and present, um, administrators, and why people were motivated to do this, why people were engaged in the Asian American movement to do this. Um, I want to say that that's been an amazing part of, of my five years um, at Hunter, also launching the Asian American Studies Center, which is really um, focused um, we haven't gotten to completely to the research yet, but you know, as you're saying, um, but to the public programming piece, um, you know, Chris has been a, has has been terrific with that as well. Um, I also wanted to say that the program is flourishing right uh, at Hunter. There, there always are challenges, have been challenges. Um, I wanted to thank President Jennifer Rabb, who is our president and our provost from many decades um, around that in terms of supporting Asian American studies. Um, we have now more than 1,000 students who take our courses during the academic year. This is not counting the summer now. I, I ran the numbers. Um, and so, and we have each semester about 30 to 40 minors. So it, it's wonderful. A lot more can be done. Uh, I want to acknowledge that. Uh, in terms of the Mapping Asian American uh, New York Seminar, uh, I think we can talk more about that in uh, the next prompt, which Sonia's going to launch for us. <laughs> yes, so um, thank you so much. Thank you to all of you for your responses. Um, yeah, so the last prompt, um, and actually I just want, I know we're at time, we will, you know, I will ask you this question and then ask you to share in, um, a brief, a brief response. Um, you know how you feel a little bit about the futures of Asian American studies. But I wanted to just make a quick note about the the past, which is if you weren't here this morning, we mentioned that we are working on a like an archive in progress, and so some of the slideshows that you see in the hallway are um, materials that we've collected from different campuses, and a lot of the Hunter College archives are actually already available digitally. And so some of the things that have been referenced here today, including the conference that Mother Lika referenced, and some of the work of Manny. Um, that, was, that documentation is already available in the archive, and so I encourage folks to, to check that out and also contribute to the archive, and I can talk to you about that later. Um, and so our last question is really, you know, we ended the opening roundtable this morning with the same question, um, and it's really just like as we're here today, you know, we're hoping that this symposium isn't just a one-off where we leave at the end of this day and then we see you in a year and then we kind of have this conversation again. You know how that happens at CUNY and other places? So we're hoping that this is going to be something that is, is really thoughtfully um, opening up and structurally opening up continued next steps after this day is over at 7 p.m. once our festive reception has concluded. Um, and so when we think about, you know, so we want to really be thinking about the future and the visions in a really like practical and material and also like creative and, um, you know, expansive way. And so we'd love to hear from all of you um, as we close, close this panel. Um, if you can tell us just like one or two critical issues that you think that Asian American studies at CUNY, like locally in this institution, or more broadly, like the field of Asian American studies needs to prioritize, center, take up. When we got this prompt, I was thinking with my English chair hat on as much as anything else, of like really trying to think about what, what might it mean in practical terms. 
Um, but this is also this also dovetails with my kind of um, scholarly intellectual um, concerns, and that is uh, in terms of setting up programs and pursuing Asian American studies. I echoing what Mustafa Bayoumi said in the um, in the documentary we saw. I really think it's urgent that we maintain an understanding of the distinction between Asian American studies as an intellectual project and Asian American studies as um, a, a way for us to um, uh, act as a, a clearing space, a you know kind of a, an affirmative um, place for our students, for our faculty, for our staff, et cetera, that, that those are two separate kinds of things. Um, at the Growth Center, I know that it's the, it's the former that has a harder time sticking. Um, the idea that Asian Americanist critique is, in fact, an intellectual project that's not contingent or related to any kind of the demographics in the building is a much harder sell than for me to um, try to count numbers. This is often what people come back at me with. You know, well, we don't, we don't have that many students who are in the humanities working in it, uh, who are Asian American, not working in Asian American. Um, and I think that that's, uh, you know, one of my responses to that is, well, in English, you know, we have a British 18th century. Like, I don't see 18th century British people <laughs> running around. Um, so really trying to come back to the, you know, what is the what is the core of the epistemological project and not letting it slide back. And part of the reason I feel that as an urgency is we know that when cuts happen, um, they happen to the newest programs and to the ones that are most vulnerable. And I think if we can make the argument based on the intellectual project, it's a hard cut than they can uh, make to student services. I know that shouldn't be the way that it is, but that's the way that it operates, in my view, at the Grad Center. I would like to mention three things that I feel as we move forward with Asian American Studies, and we want to build programs and all that, but I think um, three uh, things. One would be, I think we have to make sure, we, especially educators, um, that some kind of uh, awareness about race and social justice and equity um, remains in these courses because otherwise, really, I mean, I don't know how we want to frame and how, uh, what we want to teach in Asian American studies if we don't do that. It's not only about Asian Americans. It's about, um, that's where the origins of the field is, of the discipline is. Um, and I think we should maintain that even if it means we have to apply, um, like, how we apply these fields or these ways of looking at, uh, at the communities in these current times. Um, so I feel like I st our students really need to learn that. Um, the second thing, um, and I'm purposely saying it, the second one, not, not because it's less important, but because generally it is added as the last point, and that is our connection with the communities around us. Um, our students are from these communities. There is no divide between the students and these communities. So I feel like, you know, this is the campus community that, you know, we say many times, campus community, campus. But how do we make it real? And um, what what is our relationship with these communities that our students are from? Um, so I think to work on that very actively um, and inform our curriculum um, with that kind of a thing and I guess we can all try different ways and third I want to say there is something about Asian American studies pedagogy which is um, and I don't like the word pedagogy but I'm using it as you know uh, as a general term um, so that <laughs> but because um, it's not teaching kids really right so uh, but uh, which is which is ethnic studies pedagogy right pedagogy that empowers uh, so for me 
it's the content we can change. You know, it's about one particular community. It's about pan-ethnic communities. We can gender anything. We can take up labor. But I think the pedagogy really drives it. Um, what is so distinct about Asian American studies? Otherwise, it can be any other discipline, really. Yeah. There was a question that Sonia had posed about challenges. So I'm going I'm to make my one of my challenges the future, um, <laughs> which is so. But in, in, in all seriousness, I mean, I think that Asian American studies we need to take up the, especially at CUNY. We need to take up the issue of austerity and this like prolonged disinvestment from CUNY and how it impacts things like Asian American studies. Um, and I think related to your point then, Mother Lika, because it's not like austerity isn't just like, well, my center is not getting funded, but it also means like, you know, like these New York City kids, like their public schooling is kind of being ransacked pretty much, right? Like their families are unemployed. So the way that austerity, I want to, I know it is definitely connected to how CUNY gets funded, but I would really love for Asian American Studies to kind of take up these kind of regimes as a site of study. And I feel like, again, thinking about locally rooted Asian American Studies, like New York City, you know, ground zero for some of these austerity uh, programs in the U.S. for sure. Um, and then my second point, I'm going to go a little back, actually, I'm going to go back to the past. Um, which I, I would like us to kind of take up seriously again um, the roots of Asian American studies in critiquing empire, especially the U.S. empire, right, how colonization works. And I think we can also kind of bring it kind of forward, right, like this question that Francisco um, raised in the morning about, like, what is, right, like, what is the Asian American experience relationship to settler colonialism? And I just have to say, being like a faculty member at CUNY, like where, like where is Asian American studies when things like an exhibit about Palestine goes up on a campus, right? So I think going back to the origins of ethnic studies and Asian American studies that took on real questions about empire would be something that um, we could perhaps not easily do, right? But it's something that we should kind of try to do at some point. I agree. <laughs> I don't think it'll be easy, but I definitely do think we should think about how to do this more holistically. I mean, I think maybe this is a more practical thing that I, I think we can do, right? If we really are trying to embody kind of the spirit of ethnic studies, then we need to think about how to coalition build among various CUNY campuses, right? Because there is a discrepancy as to where Asian American studies is offered, how it's offered, et cetera. But if we were to work together, really in the spirit of ethnic studies, perhaps that's where we need to begin. And... Um, that's what I'm thinking currently at the moment. Um, I wanted to just build on something I, I wanted to raise earlier, and it speaks to this point. It has to do with, um, with BRES, right, Black Racial and Ethnic Studies. Um, in the course of doing the uh, Hunter College Asian American Studies Oral History Project, what also came to light was the foundational role um, of the then Black and Puerto Rican Studies Department at Hunter. It's now called the Africana Puerto Rican and Latino Studies Department. Um, particularly the late um, Dr. John Henry Clark, longtime chair, uh, who supported um, you know, the course when, when uh, Rocky Chin was teaching it and, and others. Um, critical support because you know it's funding support even for one course, right? It was 
It's funding support, it's staff support to schedule and get a classroom assignment, okay, for the class. Um, and they did that for uh, that department under his leadership did that for many years. And also the critical support of um, Dr. Tilden Lamel, who was chair of the same department and then was provost and vice president of academic affairs, later acting president at Hunter. Right? It's really that kind of coalition building that is so needed, that is so needed and has been foundational to the birth of Asian American studies. I mean, Madalika, I think, was referencing that um, earlier. So we really, we needed that then, and it helped us, and we need it now. Um, the other thing that I will say is we also need resources. I know this sounds, um, well, <laughs> a familiar refrain. Um, so this speaks to the question of the mapping Asian American um, in New York seminar. You know, there are 25 campuses in the CUNY system. Um, I, I leave to uh, more brilliant minds than mine about how, you know, uh, work that was around the Mapping Asian American New York seminar, and uh, in addition to Diana Amy Shin, also led a terrific one at Roosevelt House at Hunter. Um, so, you know, what that looks like, who undertakes it, how many campuses do it, um, what's the configuration, and what's the timeline? Right, because if you want to involve all 25 campuses all at once, it's not going to work. I can tell you that right now. So, um, but I, I leave that to you know again to um, more collective dialogue and um, and building. Thank you all so much. Um, I would love to take another like hour to ask follow up questions for those last comments because there was there was so much in what was shared, and I think um, you've given us. You've seeded a lot for for us to continue to work with, especially you know some of the the comments you know bring to bring to for me bring to mind like what are some of our strategies around this growth and like thinking about what you're saying, Candice, around like how do we also think about our intellectual commitments and also strategically like what are the ways that we want to frame our work so that it's protected and then also like who are our constituencies and who are we accountable to and what are the topics and um, frameworks that we want to center in our work. So so thank you all so much because I feel like that last round really, um, I took a lot of notes so I feel like we have a lot of work to do. Appreciate it. Um, thank you um, to everyone for being here on this panel. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Also, want to really appreciate you all staying a little bit over time. Um, so, as we're closing out, you know, we don't have time for questions with this panel, but we do have time for conversation with one another. So, what we're going to be moving into for the next hour are working groups, and actually, we have some um, pre-decided working groups and some folks who have agreed to volunteer, I mean, who have volunteered to facilitate groups for us around topics that we knew might be of interest. And so if you're interested in any of these particular working groups, um, talking about Anna Pizzi's at CUNY, um, pedagogy, ethnic studies pedagogy, um, mentorship, the Asian American Faculty Staff Associations at CUNY, or Asian American Studies Scholarship, we have room assignments for these working groups and a facilitator. At 4.30, we're going to be back in this room with Rajiv Mohabir and DJ Rekha in conversation, so please make sure you're back here 
by that time. Continue to please um, put your questions, comments, things you want to talk about on post-it notes um, up under the Futures of Asian American Studies at CUNY. We're going to be keeping all of this information, and it will help us as we think about um, next steps after today. So thank you again to the panel. Thank you all, and see you in this room at 4.30.